Are you ready, Chelsea? As ready as I'll ever be, Amy. And that's what everyone says when they sit down with their tax accountant. Zing. This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. This is a subject that fills most people with dread. Freelance, what are the write-offs? Here we go. Like, take me to financial nirvana. Each week, we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality. You have to claim everything you made. So come join us. It's going to be fun. everybody. I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And this is Hashtag Life Goals. And this week, um, <laughs> it's everyone's favorite, Hashtag Death and Taxes. Woohoo! Can't you tell how excited I am for this? We're celebrating the tax season yes, we by are. diving into things you should know when you're doing your taxes. Well, it might be a little bit drier than normal, but hey, We need to learn all that we can to be able to file the taxes that we need. Correct. Especially because Chelsea and I work in the film industry, a lot of the work that we do is as an independent contractor. So that really changes the tax situation for us. We do not have a guest today. So our producer, Nico, has stepped in and he's going to be here to help lighten the mood around this really tough subject. Mm -hmm. Hi, guys. Yes, he's basically going to provide some laughter, some sass. Here and there, all you know, of all you of know that. I'm exactly. All of that. Thank and, you, Nico. And of course, bring to the table his own experience and questions around the subject yep. of taxes. Exactly. And he might even uh, have some knowledge that I might need to know because I, I'll be honest, this is the first year that I've been the most stressed about taxes because mm-hmm. this is the first time really that I had more the temp agencies, the side hustles, and like part-time jobs rather than a full-time gig. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of get into that category it really changes a lot. Yeah, if you have one full-time job that you get a W-2 from that you're an actual employee of, taxes are pretty cut and dry until you have children or get married. Mm -hmm. But once you have multiple jobs that are paying you in different ways, whether they're taking taxes out or not, it gets more complicated. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. All the is. 1099s. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 1099s are... Ugh. W-2s, W-4s. Well, okay. W-10, 1099s. There you go first. Right. W-2 and W-4 are the same thing. Okay. A uh, W-4 is what you turn into a job okay. that is going to give you a W-2. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And W-9 a ten- was the one I filled out. Is that similar? Fact check time. <laughs> Yay. Even I am getting confused. <laughs> and so everybody knows, as we've mentioned before in a couple episodes, Amy is very well versed in the tax universe because this is also one of her side hustles that she does. So she basically is our expert, our main expert yeah. today. So we'll be asking her a bunch of our questions and, you know, just... Okay, just that's trying. why my brain was hurting. Okay. I figured it out. <laughs> W9 is for independent contractors. So that's gotcha. what you fill out when you're going to be receiving a 1099. W-4 is what you fill out as an employee when you're going to be receiving a W-2 at the end of the year. I have been doing taxes all day, and that still took me looking on Google to refresh my brain and (laughs) being like, oh my God, am I mixing things up? This whole thing is just like vocabulary, vocabulary that just can get you really confused and frustrated. At the end of the day, you're like, fuck it. Let's go just throw it off to someone else and they'll do it for me, which is how I did it for most of my life. <laughs> you know, and for the most part, it's if you can do that, 
it is helpful, but the more you know, the better you can prepare for that time that you spend with your tax accountant as well to make sure that you are getting the most out of it. Because they're trained to ask you all these questions to help you get the most out of your return. Mm-hmm. But if you come in prepared, then you will have the answers to these questions. If you don't haven't done any prep work and you just go in, you're like, mm-hmm. here are my forms. Mm-hmm. They ask you all these questions and you're like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. And you, you end up missing a lot mm-hmm. of things that can really help you. Yes, definitely. I mean, you can't see it, but right in front of me, I literally, I literally have <laughs> over 10 folders, I will say, of all the tax prep work I've been doing with my invoices, my credit, my debit, my invoices, uh, when Amy and I were working on Faith together. I've, I've printed out a lot of stuff, so my brain is sort of already going down the waterfall of just no, giving good. up. You know, <laughs> like I even have a chart. I have a chart that nice. I wrote out of all the different things, and I think Kelsey I'm missing for stuff. This oh. For a few okay. months. Yes. Yeah. This is, this is why I have all this stuff, because Amy is actually, we're going to be working together to kind of go through this, and so she's already prepped me with all this, and even with just a few conversations here there, my mind is already like, Wait, what? Mm-hmm. That's tax deductible? Wait, how does this work? How can I apply this? In- and even with tax laws changing so drastically this year, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it didn't. Mm, okay. So the biggest change I found for me was like, you know, it's a good thing that I do separate out my deductions by each of my different jobs. Mm-hmm. So because then I was able to use those deductions. They didn't all just fall under my personal so under my personal side, I ended up being eligible for this the standard deduction, which raised this year from six thousand to twelve thousand. The whole mm-hmm. goal of that was to try to make taxes easier for people. Mm-hmm. That's my parents were frustrated because they just got the standard this year, and they're like, "What? We didn't need all this stuff." I'm like, "But the standard's better because then that means more people will not have to do itemized deductions." That's true. Mm. It's, it's a it's a big hassle. I remember saving everything and just like adding it all up, and then at the end it was just like, oh, it's better if you just do the the standard. I was like, right, okay, great, all mm. this work. But I think <laughs> it's great for people to do that work because then as your taxes become more complicated, or as you are making more money, or involved in different business ventures, you're really aware of what stuff will affect your taxes. Yeah, mm-hmm. not just that. I was also like. I felt like I was very, it was a hands-on experience, you know, like I I felt more in control of my taxes and I never felt that way in my life, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a subject that fills most people with dread. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. the (laughs) phrase death and taxes comes from, there's only two things in life that you can count on, death and taxes, (laughs) meaning the government's always going to get their share Mm -hmm. and um, everybody dies. But death and taxes... It just, it has that morbid feeling and that's how everyone feels going into tax season. Mm -hmm. Even the accountants who make their bread and butter off of doing this. God bless. God bless them. The fact that from January through April, they have no life. Mm -hmm. And then there's all the people that file extensions. Like one of my tax clients is talking about filing an extension and I'm really pushing them not to because... After April, I need to go back and start looking through what I did in first quarter of this year so that way I can prep that for next year's taxes mm-hmm. because I prep all year long so then it's not this behemoth to deal with. So does it just push off all all these other things? Like I've never done an extension, so I'm not familiar. So the yeah. extension is just they give you more time to get okay. your tax stuff together. So like the year that I had my back surgery, hmm. we filed for an extension because I had just moved the year before and then I got injured. And so I had boxes that hadn't even been unpacked yet. 
So I had no idea where all of my necessary documents were from my move, from my jobs in Massachusetts, from my jobs in California. So that was perfect reason to need an extension. So all it does is it gives you more time to get your stuff together. Like, cause you're like, I can't get it together by April. But then is there mm-hmm. some sort of like increase in, I don't know. If you file the extension on time, okay. there isn't. Um, there are different rules for different penalties and stuff like that, especially with like corporate taxes. But for the most part, no, it's basically just to give you more time. So the problem with when you do the extension though, like for me, the reason I don't want my client to do the extension, it's not really for him, it's for me. I need to be done with taxes by April because I'm already now four months behind on logging things for this next year to make my life easier. It's just better to get these things done and out of the way. So the extension's there for people who really do need it, you know, who are in special situations. Yeah, no, for sure. But what if you like, what if you miss this date, you know, for, for filing for an extension? Ooh. Like if you miss the date to file, extra bad stuff. you can file late and that will incur a penalty. And okay. then if you miss the late filing date, then it gets a little complicated. Then mm. you're definitely going to have penalties and fees and you're going to have to deal with it when you do the next year's taxes. Now, if you do the same thing again the next year, then you're falling into tax evasion, mm. which is a criminal offense. Right. Uh, Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like one of my clients, of he receives these assessments from LA, from the city of Los Angeles, being like, hey, you haven't paid your city taxes for your business. They're like, we think you probably owe us this much. Mm. And so he just pays that. Oh. But what he doesn't understand <laughs> that doesn't get him out of actually turning in his gross receipts for each of those tax years. Just because mm. you pay the fee they give you, you're not free and clear. You still yeah. haven't done right. what you had to do in the exactly. first place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm just thinking back to a story where um, after a said project was done, I had gotten a um, letter and uh, quoting from that I owed the city money because of some sort of business I was involved in. And I was like, what are you talking right. about? I don't yes, understand. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I helped you actually write your letter to send to them. Exactly, because basically since uh, I think it was when I was on Suicide Squad, I had to register the use of my laptop to be able to use it for work. That was kind of part tied in with taxes. And so the city thought I still had my own business and had like my own company or something that I was involved in. So then I wasn't paying the city their fair share. So therefore had to send them a letter about that. I don't own this. It was for this project. I haven't done anything for that since I have all the information to provide for you. And then they left me alone. Correct. When I first, I had a similar situation. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I had received a similar notice saying, uh, you know, are you operating your own business? If so, you owe a self-employment tax. At that time, I was not working as an independent contractor. I was working at a W-2 job. Mm -hmm. So I knew I wasn't eligible for it. They pulled it because the previous year of my taxes, I had been an independent contractor in the city of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And so they were assuming I had moved down here and was doing the same thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Now, news for you. If if you or I get one of those notices this year... Mm -hmm. We are eligible to okay, be charged yeah. a self-employment tax because we are self-employed now. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. But it is important to be able to respond to those things because they're just pulling it off of these tax records that are saying this person potentially owes your city money. 
because and they're going to go after each of them. So that way, mm-hmm. of course, the city is going to look to get as much as they can for revenue. Mm-hmm. In that case, you were not eligible. I was not eligible, and so we were able to get that taken off of yes. our record with the city of Los yes. Angeles. And thank you for that. Appreciate it. No it's problem. One, one stepping stone into this massive journey that taxes is. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's overwhelming. We're yeah. already getting pretty deep into it, but so let's pause for a moment. Sure. We decided we're not going to do research this week, but mm-hmm. what I kind of want to hear is everybody's first experience with taxes mm. and maybe your most surprising experience with taxes. I guess I will go first then. Since I was little and took odd jobs here and there, my mom, who worked in the bank for a very long time, she would always help me out with my taxes and she would help me, um, you know, file them correctly and, you know, answer questions regarding this. But it was mainly, you know, the family that would take right. hold. Which is really common because yes. when you're under 18 and you're just working like a part time job, mm-hmm. you're still a dependent of your parents. And so yes. your taxes are very, very simple. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of parents will just be like, oh, I got this. Yeah. I'll file yeah. it for you. And so the first time I remember truly getting into doing my taxes was when after I was working on Suicide Squad, the pre production, and then I worked for you in White House Black Market, and then going back into Suicide Squad. So that was really the first time when I was in Los Angeles by myself. So I had to do taxes in a way by myself, though still have some help from my mom here and there. Can you answer this question for me? I don't understand how this is, but that was really my first time getting into it. And I was definitely very overwhelmed and I was scared I missed something and just like, Mm -hmm. what am I doing? So that was really the first time. But even now, I'm having a hard time remembering the exact order because it's just started to blur in between all the other projects and other jobs that have come across the way. So that was really the first time that I experienced with taxes. My first experience with taxes was when I was in high school. I had been working part-time for Claire's Accessories and Tax Day came. That's where I got my ears pierced. That's where I had my ears pierced too. I have pierced many. I took in my cousin here. to get her ears pierced. <laughs> I have pierced many ears at Claire's. I had both of my ears pierced at the same time, and the person would tell me that pierced it said, "Oh, you know, most girls they just get the one done, walk off, and then come back." And it's just like, why? Why wait? Walk the, it off. Why wait? Why why walk off the table? You could just get it done now and over. Well, the with. worst is having to pierce babies. Oh my god! Wait, what? Oh wait, that's right. <laughs> Oh, okay. well, the whole idea is, is if you pierce their, their ears when they're infants, then, you know, the pain is quick and they don't remember it. So I, I get it. See that. I get it. A lot of people take their babies in to get their ears pierced. I didn't get mine pierced um, until I was six. And then I got them pierced a second time, I think, when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. And then um, I remember, though, when I was working there. I thought it was so funny that I was piercing ears, but that I still would have needed a parent there to have mine pierced because <laughs> I was under 18. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yep. Very yeah, weird. You're, you're walking around with this piercing gun and yet you still need you just, it. <laughs> she can't just do it herself. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, and But yeah, I, piercing my first baby was like the scariest. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because you both have to do it at the same time. You, yeah. do, you have two people do it. Oh. And I was so scared. I didn't press it hard enough so the plastic didn't break off. 
And so then it was like harder to get it off of the baby and the baby's crying. But then I had a one Saturday where I did like nine piercings in a row. Like, and I, I was just, this. I had like a piercing pierce gun in baby. each hand and I'm like, let's I got do this. this. Pierce girl coming your way. Exactly. Okay. Back to the taxes. Anyways. <laughs> so I been, Everyone's favorite subject. I had been working part-time for Claire's and I remember tax day came along and I'm leaving for school and my mom goes, oh my God, Amy, your taxes. It just occurred to her that I was going to need to file. And she said, you know what? Just grab it for me and hand it to me. I'll file it. And the next year, she offered to file for me. And I said, no, 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 Walk me through it. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to wow. understand how to do it. And Very so, mature. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have done... So then after that, you know, I either always went to H&R Block or I did at home with TurboTax. Mm-hmm. Now I use H&R Block at home. Um, I really love their system over TurboTax. That's just a personal preference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've taken control of my taxes. And the only time I didn't do my own taxes was that time I filed for an extension. We sent right. it to a family friend who was an accountant who was the accountant for my grandfather's all of his businesses. Mm-hmm. And so he did it for me that year. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember my first time was in undergrad. I had a part-time job and I mean, similar, you know, I was yeah. like, mom, can you help me? You know, <laughs> in that voice, exact in that exact voice. Mom, can you help I don't me? think you realize how much my voice has changed over the years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Continue. she, she definitely helped me out and it was just kind of, it was just so nice. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. They're just going to deal with it. I'm going to go on and do anything else. Um, and then it was like, uh, Then I moved to Chicago for my master's and that's when I, I think had to start kind of like keeping it a little more, you know, detailed, but we did, I did still call my parents and use their same guy, you know? So it was still kind of like I was just sending it off to my parents and they were taking care of things, but I wasn't working that much in Chicago in in grad school because grad school is death, guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then when I moved here to LA, that's when I was like, all right, freelance, what are the write-offs? Here we go. Like, take me to financial nirvana. (laughs) So... So part of my part of my program here in LA, they brought um, a CPA to our class and they told us, you know, like all the things that we should do and all the tips and tricks that they do, especially as freelancers, as musicians, we have a lot of things that we, you, we really can write off that we didn't like know before. And I had no idea. So I think one of the biggest like aha moments for me was all the things that I could write off, like going to movies because it's technically research, um, Mm -hmm. like the streaming devices and stuff like that. And it was just like this whole world. I was like, oh, wow, I can write this off and this off. And then I got a little obsessive, (laughs) of course. I was like, can I write off this chicken? Girl, I love a good chicken. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that's about it for me. I mean, that was the Mm -hmm. first time. Um, And then like since then, I've just been really good at – saving all of my receipts Mm -hmm. even if it's like the most menial thing I don't care like I'll get it and I have a little thing where I just toss them all and then kind of sort through them I should be a little more organized because like once they told me to like put an envelope for each month or whatever but eh. yeah there are lots of ways to do receipts Mm -hmm. I mean some people don't save receipts because they just trust that their QuickBooks or their Quicken I find the tactile receipts to be helpful in truly remembering what I was doing. Because if you get audited, that's the important thing. So Mm -hmm. for business meals, it's great to be like, yes, I know this was a business meal, but you're only allowed 25 
$200 per person. So say you take a bunch of people to dinner, it's $200. They're going to ask you who was there. Mm. And so you better know who was there. So I could write which film it was, and then I'll have a good idea of who it was. Mm -hmm. Um, For the most part, my business meals are just paying for my part of the meal at a business meal. Mm -hmm. So I don't really need to keep track of who was there because I'm just covering me. Yeah. But when you are taking clients out to dinner, that's really important. Mm -hmm. So I have a system very similar to you, Nico, where I just take all of my receipts and I put them in a bin. And like every couple of months when I sit down with my accounting to update it, I go through all of my receipts and I separate them by the category that the deduction will go under. And, um, you know, I put them into my spreadsheet and then I file them in a big folder that's just for my taxes by each category. At the mm-hmm. end of the year, then I just put those all in the tax folder. Yeah. yeah. No, similar. I, I go through them too, and I also do a spreadsheet, and I'm just like, this, 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 and then the ones that aren't, I'm like, okay, no. You too. So organized over here. <laughs> well, right now. <laughs> you told us to be, so I was like, No, no, oh, no, no. That's important. a good thing. Well, right now, I'm using QuickBooks for one of my clients, mm-hmm. and it's great that it pulls in all the transactions from yeah. his different accounts, but it hasn't really made my life any easier than building my own spreadsheet. So I don't think it's going to be something I do for my personal taxes because there's a lot of things that in those software, they're as intuitive as they're capable of being, Mm -hmm. but there's just some stuff you're just like, how can I move this category around? How can I get this in the right place? How do I get this listed as the right thing? Oh, this doesn't open up. I can't see where the hell I was when I went to this subway. I don't yeah. remember where I was on April 4th. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. plus, I love a good spreadsheet. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, when I first moved into freelancing full time, you know, that year I kept every single receipt and I tracked every single dollar I spent. And then that way I could figure out what was going to count, what wasn't. And then the next year, I realized receipts that I didn't need to hold on to. Mm-hmm. So I started making decisions on, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to hold on to my grocery receipts mm-hmm. because that's for personal. I could claim part of my grocery bills because I have a home office, but instead I choose to just claim the meals that I order when I'm working from home. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, like, okay. yeah. I don't feel like there's a big enough dent in the money I spend on groceries. Mm-hmm. To, for it to warrant me saving those receipts and figuring out what items were to basically put food in my home office. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember uh, when I was working for the production company and client management, um, a lot of, when I was an assist, there were a couple of times when I like worked on the assistant desk for people and a lot of the things that, one of the many tasks would be to organize all the receipts because they would always go out with clients and go out with a bunch of lunches and dinners and all that. So a lot of the interns and myself when I was an intern would get all the receipts and you had to organize them by month, by day, by time and hand them over to them. So that way they have it all organized so then they could prep it for their tax accountant that was on the production company team or client management team to mm-hmm. sort through that out so it's just yeah because the last thing your accountant wants is you just to hand them hand hand them a bag full of mishmash oh yeah Giant, no unorganized just thing yeah seeing like how at the much? minimum if you can separate out stuff that is business meals from stuff that's office supplies mm-hmm. that's a huge help yeah. oh yeah no we had to put it on the paper we had to lay it flat yeah, we had to scan it we had that's to, what i do we that's, had to do all of that that's what i have to do when i do it for productions as well but production accounting is very meticulous because the thing is, is in production accounting, you're playing with other people's money. Yeah. You know, it's not the production's money. It's the money of the investors. 
Mm-hmm. And so you really have to you be feel meticulous. The responsibility, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now mine, I don't put them out on the paper and everything. I just have, you know, a, a, a paper clip on each one saying these are business meals. These are, and then they're in the mm-hmm. years folder because mm-hmm. that works for me. Um, and I probably am sick and tired of doing it for productions. So yeah. <laughs> I think if I didn't have to do it for productions as well, I would feel more inclined to actually put mine on the, the paper all lined up. <laughs> Get a little bit more organized and deep down. Right. <laughs> um, one kind of question that I have, or one thing I'm trying to wrap my head around is um, regarding with freelance, uh, there's a lot of talk about home office and home space and how much of that is deductible based yeah, on that's right. square that's like, foot. That's what I'm a yeah. little intrigued and confused about because I literally in my bedroom – I have a corner shoved in or like a two desk that I will alternate between for work. But then, you know, I have to go to my kitchen to get some food and, you know. I'm there with you. That, yeah. I'll ask the same question to you because sure. it's like the next thing I want to dive into because our home office, my home office is like, it takes up a pretty large enough space. And, and they always talked about it in class where it's like, you've got to measure it out. And then it's like, oh, what correct. percentage Nitty-gritty. of the rent correct. and mm-hmm. all this. So if you could clear that up for us. That'd be sure. Great. Yeah, that'd so be... the way that I figured out the space for my home office was I actually went on to the website of the apartment complex I live in and I pulled up the floor plan for my unit because that'll tell you how many square feet your unit is. Then I measured my mm-hmm. section of my space that is my home office I figured out the square footage. And then I added on a few feet to account for the use of my kitchen and the facilities. But at least then I knew exactly what the square footage was of the home office. So I basically just rounded up because I am also using my kitchen and my bathroom. Mm -hmm. I don't have a separate bathroom for my office, but I need to be able to use it when I'm working at home. So it's supposed to partially count. For me, that ends up being a third of my square footage. Which oh, makes okay. it pretty, pretty yeah. easy because then all of my rent, all of my utilities, um, even my renter's insurance, a third of that is deductible as part of my home office. Nice. Mm. I think, nice. Uh, yeah, no, I should do that next because I think I just get caught up in the, I feel like it has to be exact. And so the, the rounding mm. up kind of makes me nervous. Right. And so that's why I said, if you can just, if you know the exact space, mm. Then you can feel a little bit more comfortable rounding up for the use of other facilities in your house because you can tell, because if you ever get audited, you can be like, this is the exact space, but I also use my bathroom in my kitchen. True. And when they see that you're not also counting the entire square footage of your bathroom in your kitchen, they'll be like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's why it was another one of those things where I was like, I don't think I eat 30% of my food when I'm working at my desk. So that's why I was like, I'm not going to count my groceries because then I'd have to be real nitpicky with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? Yeah. Speaking of eating food, I don't know why I'm making this connection, but what if you're living with someone? Because I'm currently living with my brother, and so we share the groceries, we share the utilities, we share paying the bill and... Can you All figure that. out just your half and then... Yeah, if, yeah figure out your half that? and... Yes, okay. that is exactly the way you should do it. You figure out what half is your fiscal responsibility towards the household, and then the discount will come out of that. So that would that would be rent, groceries. It would be basically everything. The or... rent, you can take it as... The, you could just take it off of the whole rent. Okay. Yeah, just do the square... Because otherwise it gets too confusing because you guys have such shared common space, and it... The fact that you guys share that common space doesn't change the square footage of your office. 
That is, that is quite true, yes. So it's still going to be that percentage of your rent. Okay. Mm-hmm. I find it hilarious, all this work, and then you just end up taking the standard deduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I took the standard deduction on my personal, so but I. I got deductions still under my businesses. Oh, cool. Nice. So even though it says, oh, you get the standard deduction, I still had huge deductions under each of my businesses. Oh, um, maybe before we dive in a little bit further and so that everybody can have an understanding, what is standard deduction? Because, mm. I mean, Nico already knows. I know because we've talked about it and I've talked about it with a lot of friends and everything. But for those that don't know. Yeah. Sure. The IRS comes up with numbers that are the standard deduction and that they're also approved, you know, in the tax laws. Okay. So standard deduction is instead of making absolutely everybody itemize, they estimate that each household will spend at least X amount of dollars that will be tax deductible. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when I was working full-time as a retail manager, I always used the standard deduction because one of the only things that I could have deducted on, you know, I can deduct my rent and stuff like that, but that was because I was living in Massachusetts, and in Massachusetts there's a renter's credit for a portion of your rent that was separate from like a business deduction. Mm-hmm. The only thing business-wise I would have been able to deduct was my clothing purchases because of the clothing requirements at my job. And unless I spent, it was $5,000 was the standard deduction back then. Unless I spent $5,000 or more on clothes every year, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to make a difference. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always use the standard. Now that I have multiple business ventures that I do, I have all sorts of random deductions. Mm-hmm. So for me, now it is worth it for me to keep track of all of these things. Yeah. They raise the standard deduction, like we mentioned. It's now 12000 It's double what it used to be per house, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for a single person, and then it's 24000 I think, for a married couple. Mm-hmm. And so the whole goal, again, was to try to make it easier because deducting can be such a difficult task. Yeah. You know, I find it more like a game though. It's like, ooh, can I get higher? Once with you my learn how to do it, yeah. deductions it is standard. kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of because going into it um, with um, Amy and I have been talking about this about depending on what industry you are, what your avenue is regarding uh, what you're pursuing for work, it can be like tax deductible. So I've been like going over my Amazon purchases or like my office or video stuff or my subscriptions or the times I go to the movies. But then my other question is because each person has a different, you know, career path or a different intrigue, how do you exactly know what can be tax deductible in your category? Or is that still just like a game of like cars where you have to... A lot of it really comes out from talking to other people in your industry. That is the best way to learn. Talk to other people in your industry who have been in it longer than you and ask them what types of things are tax deductible. Because some stuff will surprise you. You can also do Google searches and you'll find a lot of stuff out that way. But the best way is to really start talking to people in your industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so, and like, I mean, generally I think the rule is like, you know, is it used? Like what, oh what's my the God. primary purpose? Yeah. Yeah. What's the primary purpose of this item for your business? You know, do you use it like every day, like my computer, you know, every day. And then that was a different thing that I learned like this year. I mean, that's a separate thing of like, um, the value, you know, like decrease. Oh, oh yeah. Depreciation. D- that, yeah. That depreciated word. value. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this year I got a new car, a new old shitty car. So they decided to just give me the full maximum refund for my car. And not do depreciated value because mm. it is worth so little. 
Mm-hmm. It wouldn't right. make sense. But if I'd had a brand spanking new car, I will get a deduction every year and that deduction will slowly lower because yeah. it's based on the value of the vehicle. But then it gives you a deduction for multiple years of tax returns. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. stuff you use for business. Like I recently got a new office chair. You know, that's a write-off. Um, but stuff like, like Amy said, you know, definitely ask people in your industry because for the longest time I didn't know I could write off films like going to the movies. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, one of my clients writes off going to the movies cause this tax accountant told him he could. And I was like, really? Cause I know that I can as a producer, but I mean, he can cause he's in the industry and mm-hmm. so he's categorized as that. So he's actually lucky. He gets this huge deduction because he goes to the movies a lot. For going to the movies when it actually has nothing to do with what he does in the industry. But he's in the industry. But he's in the industry. industry. Because that's why when he mentioned it, I was like, really? Because you do corporate videos. You don't do anything narrative film. (laughs) But it counts because he's in the industry. Ooh, I have another question. Um, So as maybe my work in business grows in the entertainment industry, is there a specific tax accountant that I should be going towards and for help or is there just does it matter it doesn't really matter any tax accountant can take care of your needs and find those deductions for you so the entertainment lawyers they really deal with brokering deals Mm -hmm. there aren't really necessarily entertainment accountants for personal tax accounting for people who work in the industry but we live in Los Angeles, so you might get a reference from somebody else that says, oh, I use this accountant. So someone who has a lot of clients in the entertainment industry is, of course, going to be better at finding those deductions. They know the things you need to be like looking mm, out for. Right, now. but any accountant can do it. They are trained to look for specific categories of deductions for each type of work. So like the deductions that I get as a child caregiver are different than the deductions I get as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, now this is another question that I have that this is probably the one that I'm most worried about. What if you go through all this, you go through all your deductions, you find every nook and cranny. What happens if you just break even or you end up still owing money? What happens at that point? Oh yeah, sure. That I'm a, I'm a little terrified of I, that. Cause again, I totally yeah, well, get it. Yeah. I had to pay this year. Because, I have to pay this year as well. freelance, you know, you don't get that much. And yeah. <laughs> I have to pay this year as yeah. well. Um, the great thing is, though, is that if you owe money to the IRS, they do a payment plan mm-hmm. for oh, up yeah. to 72 months. So ah, for mine, so for mine, I owe around $2,200. Okay. And I'm going to be paying $75 a month because that's what I know I can afford in my budget. Mm-hmm. And so that'll take me 28 months to pay off. So okay. I'm not even at the maxed amount of time it can take to pay it off. Nice. nice. So the thing is, is it sets it right up for you. And it's not like a hard thing to get approved for. Because they understand that if you're working as an independent contractor, it's hard to come up with all that money yeah. at once. That's okay. why when you start to get really on top of your finances, it's a good idea to pay taxes quarterly if you're an independent contractor. Because then you're paying ahead of time. So you're going, okay, I'm going to owe about 20% in taxes at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take 20% of what I earned from January through March and send it to the IRS ahead of time. Okay. Because then at the end of the year, you may still owe or you may actually get a refund. Life, life was a lot easier when I, actually when I lived in Texas because no state tax. And here in California, I'm like, oh, my God, y'all are breaking my legs. Like, seriously. See, I, I almost never end up owing anything to California. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess, sorry, maybe not California, but just just the fact that it's added on, I'm still like... Yeah, it's an yeah. extra thing. And it's like mm-hmm. all of those tax softwares that say free federal filing. Well, they can't actually do t- state filing for free. Mm-hmm. It's not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you always find out it's not exactly free when you go to check out because otherwise... Nope. Because nobody's going to file a paper tax form with the state if you're filing electronically for Mm -hmm. the federal. But anyway, I mean, even though I I ended up owing stuff, I still kind of, I I feel a little good about it. I mean, it sucks, yes, because it's like, oh, man, now I owe all this money. I don't get a refund or whatever. But I feel good because it's like, you know what, I'm paying my part, you know, for all the stuff that we benefit from. Exactly. We always say we want nicer schools. We want better roads. Where do you think that comes from? That is true, yeah. Comes from your taxes. Mm -hmm. Now, Chelsea, this year you did work for your temp agency now you are a w-2 employee for them correct yes so that's the great thing is that you may break even okay so that was my goal last year because Mm -hmm. the first three months of the year i was still in my full-time day job Mm -hmm. so i was and i'd earned a lot of bonus and i had vacation time i had paid out at the Mm -hmm. end of that so i was hoping they'd taken out enough taxes in those first three months that i wouldn't end up owing anything at the end of the year and i did not only break even I got a refund. So it was a nice. huge shock. Yeah. It was such a relief. Yeah. And then I also technically do have a W-2 for um, being a TA at UCLA. Correct. Even though it was only for a couple of months. So those been a couple things months, are going to help yeah. balance yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. Now for me, right now I'm doing almost all in- independent contracting, but when I get certain productions that are using apparel company, then I become a W-2 employee. The more of those types of productions that I book – the less I'm going to owe at the end of year in taxes because they will be taking out taxes for me. Mm-hmm. So Chelsea, with all of your 1099 work, like your freelance editing, mm-hmm. the best idea is that if you can afford to, start putting aside 20% of every paycheck aside for taxes. Okay. That's yeah. the smart thing to do. Right. But. <laughs> That's my goal to get there. But right now, unfortunately, my expenses, I live paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, and I'm still trying to pay off some kind of bigger item things like this last year. I needed to buy a car. Mm-hmm. I needed to buy a new computer. Life. So my bigger jobs went towards that instead of getting put aside for taxes. But that's okay because it's all a process. I'm not going to be able to do it all at once. This year I owe $2,200. My goal is to hopefully get that paid off before next year's taxes and not have to make those payments for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So, but if you can afford to... Start putting, you know, I would say put 30% of every paycheck in a savings account if you can afford to, because you should always be putting 10% aside for savings, then put aside that 20% that you need for taxes. Yeah, my parents, I've been very adamant about that. So that's what I do. And like I said, that's my goal. But unfortunately, (laughs) in my current financial state, it hasn't been possible. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, because I'm aware that I'm doing everything I can to get to that point. Mm -hmm. See, this is the stuff I wish they taught in school, because it wasn't until, you know, when I first started doing taxes, it was just this kind of thing adults talked about for the longest time. I was like, I don't have to worry about that. And then when you do, it's like, whoa, how do I do any of this? Yeah, because the thing is, is that when you're young, you depend on your parents or those figures you look up to. Right. You be, you're dependent. But I'm also not going to put aside 30% of everything. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's the ideal. On Friends, first oh. season, Rachel's working at the coffee shop. It's her first job. And mm-hmm. she gets her first paycheck. And she's like, oh, my God, all the hours of standing on my feet and delivering coffee to all these awful people were so, and she opens it up, not worth it. She's like, who the hell is FICA? 
Why is he getting all my money? <laughs> I remember that. And then right? everyone felt so bad that they're like, hey, great service today. And they start pulling out their singles and their dollars. And right. we're just like, Ugh, I can't. It's so funny because anytime I go see friends who are waiters, I tip them heavily. And they're like trying to give me discounts on things or give me a deal. And I'm like, no, 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 don't. Like I'm trying to tip you heavily because I also know how much your life depends on tips. Now, in a lot of states, you don't earn minimum wage as a waiter, as a waiter or a waitress. That's true. Like, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. And so, really, their tips are their money. Mm-hmm. And, you it's know, everything. In Massachusetts, it was like, I think, I don't know what the current rate is, but when I was living there, the rate was like $2.45 an hour. Okay, hit uh. me. What else we got? So, I guess here's another question. So, as far as the future, of taxing and like keeping up all these write-offs are there people assigned to determine whether like say when Spotify came out and it's a streaming service are there people who are assigned to determine whether people can use this as a writer for their business you know like are there people who say like this counts or this doesn't count I would assume that there's a whole department at the IRS who evaluates things like that what I do know, though, is like, for example, when I put in my subscription-based services that are counting as a write-off, I just describe what it is. And I, I say subscription, Adobe. And then I know that if I ever get audited and they say, well, what is this subscription for? How do you use it for your business? I know I can justify it. I can explain it to them. So that's why you want to be really clear in all of your accounting. So that way then if you are ever audited in the seven years that they have that they can audit you – that you can explain it to them. Because as long as you can explain it to them, if it's not something that they're aware of, they can send it to the professionals Mm -hmm. at the IRS to make a final determination on it. Just always be able to justify why it is a business expense specifically. That makes sense. Ooh, so another question I have. You and I worked on a little project together called Faith. It's coming soon, I promise. Um, How do taxes apply to that because you had mentioned a while back offline how that could be somewhat deductible deductible or absolutely so in your career path of becoming a writer and a director Mm -hmm. you need to film things to show your work yes so therefore all of the money that you put into it it's all deductible now the money that we receive from other people to put into it yeah will not be deductible um, and unless you, if you claimed it as income, it will be, but if we did not claim it as income and it just went straight towards the production, it won't be deductible on your personal taxes. Cause this project was small enough that we did not, um, put together an LLC for it okay. because most of the people we had working on it, were doing it for free or as we say in the industry as an in-kind service. In-kind service. So <laughs> in-kind services, people forget you can deduct that on your taxes. So mm. Nico, if you do any composing for somebody for free, you would then estimate how much that would have cost if they were paying you, and you can deduct that as services nice. that you gave for free. Oh, wow. That you donated. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep this. I'll, I'll keep that in mind for next year because there's a lot, <laughs> let me tell you. It's <laughs> especially easy for if it has a 501c3, so that's anything that is considered um, – a charity or a charitable organization or a nonprofit. Mm, mm-hmm. So it's real easy to deduct it on that. For the other ones, it's a, you know, it's, it's questionable. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily questionable because you did donate your services, but it's more on a case by case basis. Like if you were audited, 
they would have to look at each individual instance and then decide. But then what's the worst that happens? They say, okay, these five count and these three don't. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, not a big deal. Auditing is another thing that like terrifies me. It's like, oh my God, am I going to get audited this year? How did I mess this up? You know, that's, that's, what, I, that's what I'm terrified. Of. That's why the more, the more that you keep track of stuff yourself, the more knowledge you are and that you can speak to it. Mm-hmm. Cause like a lot of people are really terrified of auditing, but unless you're making huge amounts of money, any mistakes you made in your taxes or deductions that you made that they then tell you don't count, they shouldn't be a huge penalty. Mm-hmm. Not, so yeah. don't stress about it. It's just money and you can <sighs> make payment plans. And if you owe huge amounts to the IRS, they also do special programs where they'll be like, if you can pay us X amount, you know, we'll write off all the rest. Just like when you have a credit card, if it goes into collections, the collection agency will always call you and say, okay, you owe $5,000 on your MasterCard. If you can pay us $3,500 today, we will forgive the other $1,500 of debt. Mm-hmm. So don't let it stress you out. Remember, don't sweat the small stuff. And it's all small stuff. There's Amy nothing that can't be taken. staring at me as she, as she says this because I'm already Chelsea's rubbing Chelsea's head is about to explode. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I, just, I feel like I'm about to cry right now. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a very anxious person. So I'm just, I'm very scared. Right. I'm very, so very scared. For in-kind services, that. they are 100% deductible if you're working with a charitable or um or nonprofit organization with the other ones you'd have to kind of look at it on a case by case basis. Yeah, you know, it's like I mean tying it back to hashtag life goals. It's just, <laughs> you know, taking these large goals and breaking them down step by step so that you can approach it in a manner that's not overwhelming you, you know, to the point where you just yeah. want to say, you know, like I'm I'm just going to go be in the corner and cry and, <laughs> and you know, everything sucks. It's a he doesn't know example. that will be me in a little bit. <laughs> well, just like I said, you know, last year I kept track of absolutely, or two years ago, I kept track of absolutely everything I spent so I could figure out what was going to be tax deductible in my business. Mm-hmm. This last year I didn't have to keep track of as much. So then I was able to up my tax game in different ways in how I keep track of it. Each of these is a small goal. You know, this year I owed, my goal is, you know, for the t- 2020 tax year to be paying quarterly taxes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do it for 2019, but my goal can be for 2020 yeah. to be paying quarterly. Yeah. When all of this is done, I feel like I will want to incorporate a little bit more of the organizing strategies that you both mentioned of how when you have your receipts from purchasing meals for work and things like that, put them in like a box or a section. And it can even start with simple things. So there are certain restaurants that I only go to if I'm having a meeting. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because then when I see it on my, on my um, credit statement, I know right away that that was a meeting. Smart. Makes it's a whole lot of sense, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It makes it easier so that way when life gets busy and you forget, there I've put in little things to help me remember what it was. Plus, like halfway through when you're going through those receipts, you get to a point where you're just like, eh. Oh, yeah, there are totally yeah. ones that I, I yeah. just smoothie here. You no. Know? I'm sure there are plenty of things I could have written off this year that I didn't because I, I got a little lazy, and that's yeah. okay. No, yeah, same here. There's definitely been times when I was just busy working on my, like at my desk, and I was just like, I, I can't, I'm too hungry to focus on making something from the fridge. I'm going to go out to eat. But because I was just, 
caught up in the moment. Like I need food. I wasn't, didn't know if like to keep the receipt or not because of like, is it like actually taking a break for lunch or work or is it just leisurely time? I don't know. I was just caught up in like, I need food. I can't cook. I'm just going to go and buy it to be convenient for me. Because there are definitely days if I'm working from my desk all day, if I order out food, that's tax deductible. That is a lunch meal. Mm -hmm. So I think (laughs) this brings up a... I don't know, something in there reminded me of a question I had about rideshare services uh, like Lyft and Uber. Oh, yeah. Because I've had to take, this year especially, a lot of trips to, like, I went to Mexico to conduct. I went to Texas to work with an orchestra over there. And so I was like, oh, okay, the Lyft rides to the airport and back from the airport? Like, I was trying to figure that out because I know the the flight itself was a write-off. But then it was like, hmm... I know I'm technically going from home to work. So it's, so there was a gray area for me. So here's where everybody trying to go green actually helps us. Ride shares and public transportation are tax deductible. All of them. Nice. Mm. Now for me, um, I kind of split it up to figure out how much of my ride shares were based on each job. So that way then I can justify and I separated them out in my deductions per job. But overall, even if you don't separate them out by job, you can deduct all of your rideshare expenses and all of your public transportation. Uh, okay. So ride the bus, take a rideshare because you're causing less carbon emissions, mm-hmm. you're saving gas, and you're saving, you know, cars on our roads. Yeah. And roads are paid for by taxes. So they definitely encourage people taking rideshare. It yeah. makes everything I, a little easier. I think mm-hmm. I was confused because it was like, I mean, it's a rideshare, so it's a car. So then I started looking up, you know, how do you like, because I know like driving to work isn't considered uh, a write-off, but if it's like from work to another work or something, then you can write Yes that and off. no. So okay. you can actually write off your mileage between, between your home and work, but it goes slightly different. And okay. if you're using a a tax prep software like um, TurboTax or H&R Block, they figure it out for you. You just tell them how far it is between your house and your work. Okay. And they mm-hmm. let you know how much of it's deductible. It's only a portion. Yes. Now, it's definitely fully tax deductible when you're going between jobs and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But for a ride share, it's always tax oh, deductible. Nice. Okay. Mm. Good to know. Good to know, yeah. 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 And so it's like if you don't claim it under a particular profession on your federal taxes, in California, you can claim it off of your state taxes instead. Um, for me, I had already claimed all of it, so I didn't move it over and claim it in a third category. Okay. Interesting. Because uh, I think I only wrote off like half of them because one because I thought it was like, oh, the the from work the work to home isn't technically a thing, so I only did half. So because it's a rideshare, it, it counts. Okay. It's if you're driving yourself that only a portion of it only like a percentage of it counts, um, or they do mileage. Um, but yeah, now if, if you're doing ride share, it all counts. Yeah. Cool. Okay. This might be a little bit more specific, but there have been a couple times last year where I have a couple of friends that are in the entertainment industry kind of like varied from, um, kind of, you know, performance or film and that kind of thing. And they would have shows or they would have uh, viewing parties for their work. So I would buy tickets to go see their shows. Is that at all tax deductible or does it depend on the type of... That falls under entertainment and business meals. So if it is related to your industry, then yes, it's tax deductible. It counts as research. Okay. So as a producer, I could count all of those things 
all those different types of shows as research. I personally do not because I know when I go see Bring Me the Horizon play mm-hmm. and when I go see Lady Tron, yeah. I'm going for just personal enjoyment. Or what's uh, the name of your favorite band? Remind me one more time. Spill Canvas. Spill Canvas, yes. Right. Yes. But if I'm going to go to a film festival, yeah. that's going to count. That's yeah, more research. Sure. That's yeah. me mm-hmm. mingling in the entertainment industry, seeing who the hot new directors are and cinematographers are, mm-hmm. seeing what direction the festivals are looking at content for. That's totally related. Mm-hmm. So it really just kind of depends on the event. Like if it was something that you would have just gone to anywho, mm-hmm. then it's personal. But if these are people that you are networking with, and the reason you're going is because you're networking with them and the people that are there. Okay. So, for example, I took I took the youngest girl to a play a few months ago mm-hmm. because there were people that were going to be there that she should meet that will further her career as an actress. Mm-hmm. That's business related. Okay. All righty. Cool. So, good. you and I can talk offline about some of the specific instances, and yeah, I'll yeah. help you figure out if they count exactly. or not because each person's situation is different. And even though you could just count them all and be like, if you get audited, can you justify them all? Yeah. and then Keep I think, that in mind. Yeah. And I think going off of that, what would you say are the specific categories that people can look into? Yeah. So each? these are kind of the main categories that I use to prep my taxes all year round. Mm-hmm. So um, public trans- transit. So include my ride shares and my bus and all of that. I keep track of my rent and utilities because then that'll be easier for figuring out my home office or if there's any, if you live in a state that has rent tax credits. Um, I keep track of business meals, entertainment. I usually will keep track of all entertainment and then weed out the stuff that's personal at the end. Mm -hmm. I keep track of all office supplies that I purchase for my home office, any supplies that you buy to do your job. And so what you have to learn is the difference between soft goods and hard goods. So soft goods are things like office supplies that you're going to use up, like paper, mm-hmm. printer ink. Hard goods would be like, I bought myself a new computer. And so that computer is going to fall under the depreciation category. Is, where, it, is it now an asset then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So assets are what fall into the depreciation yeah. category. Mm-hmm. It's something that is expected to have more than one year of use. Mm. Now, my right. hard drives have more than one year of use, but the likelihood is I'm going to have to buy a new hard drive every year to handle all the different projects I have. So in all reality, they only have one year of use because once they're filled, they're just sitting on a shelf as a backup. Okay. So for me, they fall under soft goods, but my computer fell under hard goods. And so... Right. um which you will either get the full deduction or depreciated value deduction, depending on how much you spent on it. Because I bought my computer used, I got the full deduction instead of depreciated value. But if you buy a brand new MacBook Pro, you're going to probably want to go with depreciated value. So they give you a couple hundred dollars off every year for like the next five to 10 years Mm -hmm. instead of just getting $1,500 off all at once. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got to purchase a new computer soon and literally just traded in next year. Literally just traded in an old one to get like some money back. So have your parents give you the money for it. Don't have them buy it for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because then you can deduct it. Your parents, they don't need to deduct it. They have enough deductions. All right. So those are things to keep in mind. You got to remember the only things you can deduct are the things that you paid for. Keep track of medical expenses because there are certain things that you don't, your medical doesn't cover. So like therapy, 
mm-hmm. I can deduct therapy even if I can't get my medical to pay for it. Yeah. Um, they're trained in insurance offices to continue to reject your claims and try to get you to give up mm. because every wow. company's goal right. is to make money. Of that course. is That is literally the definition of capitalism and corporations. Mm -hmm. Their goal is that they're supposed to make their stockholders money. So the easiest way to do that is to keep rejecting it for stupid reasons that make zero sense until you give up. Mm. Fight the man. Mm. So um, I gave up. I didn't feel like dealing with it anymore, but I knew I could deduct it on my taxes. Mm -hmm. Because if you spend... Over X amount on medical expenses, that is tax deductible. Okay. Now, I'm sure a lot of you out there did not have health insurance last year. Thankfully, this is the last year that we are going to be looking at the penalty for not having health insurance. Okay. I did not have health insurance this last year, so I am one of those many people who is paying a penalty. But... That penalty is that penalty plus everything I spent on medical expenses and doctor's visits this last year is still less than I would have spent on a health insurance plan that was available to me. So I knew that going in, so it was the right move for me. That's not the right move for everyone. So mm-hmm. really do check out the health insurance market and make the decision that's right for you and right for your family. If you have a family you're going to need health insurance because yeah. you have multiple people who need to go to the doctor who may have emergencies. When Vaccinate per- your kids. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> if you're one person, you can kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. So for me, I go to the doctor twice a year, go to the gynecologist once a year. It wasn't, you know, a huge thing for me. And I've, you know, I've been through the system of having major surgeries and being in financial need. And so I know what programs are out there if an emergency happens. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's great to have insurance when you are in an emergency because you will get better care. There's no doubt about it, but don't panic because there are safeguards put in place to help you if you're in that situation. Mm -hmm. So another category would be charitable donations. Keep track of the things that you donate. Um, keep, you know, whether it's money to somebody who's doing a 5k run or to a feed the homeless shelter support or the, the arts, support the arts, the things that you donate physical or cash wise, keep track of them. So you do have to keep track of exactly what you donate to places like the Red Cross, Salvation Army, Goodwill. You can't just be like, oh, I donated like $500 this year. They want to know what. Mm-hmm. So you need to at least keep track of the big stuff, and then you can kind of estimate amount and clothing. And uh, like I said, if you're using TurboTax or H&R Block, they will f- they have the list there from the IRS that tells you how much you can count for each of those things to help you fill that in. Now, again, if you're not going to end up meeting going higher than the standard deduction, don't worry about it. But it can be really helpful. You know, last year or two years ago, my parents were hoping to deduct everything they spent moving stuff from their storage on the East Coast out to Washington State, but they couldn't. It didn't make a difference. It didn't raise them above the standard. Because I was also on that trip and also helped pay for that, I took that deduction because they also moved things to my house in Los Angeles. So it's important to keep track of. So just to review, here are some of the top categories that you want to keep an eye on for potential deductions. 
office supplies if you have a home office, subscription services if you use them for work, hard good purchases like computers, cars, equipment, equipment that you've rented, insurances that you have to pay for your job. That could be renter's insurance if you have a home office. That could be premiums that you paid for productions you did. Um, Then you want to keep track of business meals, entertainment if it relates to your business, medical expenses, your rent and utilities, so that way you can figure out what portion of that goes to your home office. Those are kind of the main categories. I think one final big question that I have is... um... It might be very blasé, but what do you think are maybe the top three mistakes people make regarding on their taxes that people should be aware of? Especially since when this comes out, it will still be the high pit of getting all your taxes in. Um, The number one thing I will say, because this also relates to people when they are reporting to unemployment, report everything you make. Don't try to skirt under the radar because someone paid you in cash. Don't try to skirt under the radar because you think that they won't know. Now, there are film productions I did this last year that paid me less than $600. So that means they did not have to supply the IRS or me me with a 1099 listing that. That doesn't mean I don't have to claim that I made that money. People have this misconception that if you make less than $600, you don't have to claim it. That's not true at all. That just means they don't require the company to alert you and send out paperwork because it's a big added expense. And if you look at, say, a huge corporation, like, say, look at a retail store, you know, if Gap had to send a W-2 to employees who only work there a week, that's a whole lot more man hours they have to spend getting that printed, getting that sent out, cost of getting that sent out. It's a huge expense. So they tell businesses, you don't need to do it because it's too much of a hassle for that little amount of money. But you still need to claim that income. Always always be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, my own father, he was getting paid when he was on employment. He was working part-time um, as an ice cream truck man in the summers. Aww. That's fun. He wasn't claiming it to his unemployment, and his boss got audited. And so that's how they found out. So then he owed unemployment money for that difference of what he was bringing in working at the ice cream truck. So that sucks. uh Uh-huh. And when you owe the government money, they can take it straight from your paycheck. They can garnish your wages. The government and your student loans can garnish your wages. So, you know, just to be clear, you have to claim everything you made. Don't try to get away without claiming stuff because if you get caught, it will get expensive. And then you'll be on their radar as someone to watch out for. It's no point. The amount of the few dollars that you will end up having to pay in taxes for each of these smaller jobs that you do is way worth it compared to repercussions down the road. Because once you've been audited once, you can expect to be audited a second time and a third time and a fourth time. Because now they're like, okay, this person's trying to get away with something. All of a sudden you get put mm-hmm. under the microscope and yeah. Exactly. They exactly. Look at all the teeny little details underneath <laughs> that glass. Exactly. So that would say is the biggest thing that people miss. The second thing I think people miss 
is just how many things are tax deductible. Mm -hmm. And even if you just did a random Google search asking for the a list of the 10 most unexpected tax deductions, you're guaranteed to find at least one thing that applies to you. Yeah, I totally did that. I was like, because there came to a point where I was like, am I missing anything? Because I feel like there's a lot of stuff. And then I just Googled and I was like, oh, red shares. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Amy, when like, say someone who does crafts, like let's say I crochet and I spend all this money on yarn and all this stuff. And like, you get to a point where like, it's a hobby but then you kind of start, I mean, you start selling them and you only get like, you know, $20 or something at first, but then it kind of starts becoming a thing. Like what, what, when is that like line where it crosses over from hobby into like freelancing? Okay. So it really has to do with the income. Okay. So it's like, I sold one thing on eBay last year. I am not an eBay seller. Mm -hmm. I have nothing I'm going to be claiming on that. I resold one item. But if that was where a large percentage of my income is coming from, that definitely becomes a job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you make jewelry and you sell bracelets every once in a while, not a big deal. Don't worry about claiming any of that on your taxes. But if you're making scarves and you probably sell 100 scarves a year, you better be claiming that on your taxes because how else can you – can you explain to the IRS where this money in your account came from? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my really good friends from college, she um, works as an artist. And so she sells portraits. She sells paintings. She sells a bunch of her artwork to people. So this is something that will come in handy. Right. Yeah. So some people say, oh, it doesn't matter if it's under $5,000. I don't know. $5,000 is a really big benchmark. Now, yeah. it doesn't matter unless you have more than $5,000 worth of expenses to subtract that's true. You're not gonna get it. You're not gonna really get much of a deduction. But could you explain where that extra five thousand dollars came from in your bank account? Mm -hmm. No. Right. Yeah. So you really have to look at it. Is this something that so drastically affects my my income? Okay. Okay. Like, would I not be able to? Like, if I just so I dox it right. Mm -hmm. If I had like one friend that I dog sit for every once in a blue moon and she pays me to do it, I probably wouldn't claim that. But I rover sit and last year on rover, I think I made $1,500. That paid for an entire month's rent. That had a drastic effect sure. on my mm -hmm. income and yeah. how I live my life. If selling this stuff is not if selling whatever your hobby is, is just a little way to have some money to go out to the movies, probably don't need to count it. Mm -hmm. If this is how you're paying some of your major bills, count it. The third thing, the third big final, final thing okay. that I think that people make is not making sure that the jobs they worked have their correct mailing address. So this is how you don't get tax documents at the end of the year. This is how you're scrambling on April 12th because you True. don't know the login to get into, you know, the portal on ADP to find your, you your tax paperwork and... <laughs> from when you worked at Gap for three weeks. Oh, like, right. mm -hmm. this is what happens. Now, if you do your own tax prep and you're prepping throughout the year, even if you don't receive that tax documentation from somebody... You have the numbers, and so you can input them. 
So that makes it easier. That's true. So, but, and that's also, if you're doing that, you'll start to realize then in January, okay, these are the places I'm waiting for tax documentation from. They're supposed to send it out to you by January 31st. So if by February 5th, you haven't gotten all of those, you need to start calling them. You need to find out what you have to do to get that tax paperwork. So that way then you're not scrambling on April 12th. You know, if you're an independent contractor and you don't get one because it was under $600, they're not going to send you one. But you know how much you made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just look back into my receipt logs to see what I got paid. I'm like, oh, March, this is the one payment I don't have recorded. I'm like, that's that one film I did. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, now I can say that this film production company paid me this much. Yeah. I think overall for like all taxes, it's just really keep yourself like self-accountable because, you know like pay your share and if you are not even like completely on top of it but if you think oh I made this I made this or if you keep some receipts like that's already a great step you know so just you know keep keep yourself accountable every year and then when you've really got it down then you can start handing off your stuff every year and not think about it and have a special accountant who does it but you will know that everything's right because you're giving it to them prepared correctly yeah yeah like all like all things in life things take time they take practice they take um the time to learn and to figure the shit out so progress (laughs) not perfection exactly so with going into year one with all this hopefully you can take that knowledge and get better and better and better as you progress forward, like when you're driving a car. Okay. Okay. So, so I think we've we've definitely talked a lot about taxes today. Again, people, yeah. if you have tax questions, reach out to a tax accountant. If you mm-hmm. want to ask me anything, you can find us at Life Goals Pod on all of our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and oh, Facebook. Oh, yeah. We haven't even mentioned that. We now have an Instagram, people. Yay. Yay. You asked for it. We listened. Yes. We are on Instagram. We have Instagram. Very, very excited about that. So, so. let's lighten it up a little bit with hashtag hunt. Chelsea, mm-hmm. why don't you read the hashtag hunt? Because I feel like I've been talking about taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, forever, forever, Woo! and I spent all day doing taxes, so it's so flipping been. the roles. I Woo! love it. Remember, they got Capone for not paying taxes. Hashtag death and taxes. True. Yeah. They say those the only two ways that you can bring down a mobster is by either killing him or getting him on tax evasion. Because hmm. again, where did that money come from? Hmm. How can you explain how you earned it? Maybe also, we will I, I never just, know. I find that story hilarious just because like, oh my God, this badass mobster, like they got him on tax evasion. Nothing like getting your first taste of an end of year bonus and only to find it's taxed to hell. <laughs> it's true. They 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 tax bonuses about 45 to 55%. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is yep. that like when you go on a game show and they're like, "Oh, really? You're only going to get half of it's it?" A, yeah, it's about 60% mm-hmm. for Damn. winnings. Jeez. When you do your taxes and you have to pay. Thank you American tax codes. Me this year. Yeah. Hashtag not. <laughs> hashtag not. Hashtag ugh. Hashtag death and taxes. And at the end End of rant. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Let's make life super easy on everyone. We all pay 10% of every dollar we each earn every year. No exceptions, no deductions, no lawyers, no accountants, no IRS, no excuses. Done and done. It would be so simple. Drop the mic. So idealistic. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, definitely. Stoked to know that if Jesus conquered death, he can also conquer taxes. 
Put your faith in God and you will get through tax season. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Literally. Legit question from my tax lady. Her. So, Cecile, how long do you plan on living? Me. What day is it today? Hashtag death and taxes. I love her name is Cecile. I don't meet many Cecile's these days. <laughs> it is quite a lovely name. Yes, it's yes, beautiful. It is. Does anybody know why she was asking how long she wants she plans on living? Uh, no? No, no. So her tax person's asking her that so she can help her plan for retirement properly. Oh, because okay. the way that we used to save for retirement is now not good enough because we are living about 10 to 20 years longer. Mm-hmm. So that changes how much you need to be putting aside for retirement. This is true. This is why your mom was talking about contributing more to your IRA, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more expensive for you when you retire than it was for her. Save that money, Cecile. What's more sure than hashtag death and taxes? How about hashtag fake news and hashtag alt facts? <laughs> Those are definitely buzzwords for our current political climate. Yes. Yeah. And then I just get into like... I don't mean to get into politics, but then it's like uh, <laughs> the t- politics and taxes. Like I'm fine with higher taxes if we all get, you know, like insurance and like benefit mm-hmm. from a whole bunch of things from society. I'm but- totally that person that votes for a tax raise on almost everything that they that we vote on. Yeah, when it asks it. Like we're all using. I know it. that. Why I'm not? like, where else, where do people think the money comes from? People mm-hmm. are always like, oh, I don't want taxes, but I want all these other things. You can't have all the other things unless you, like, come on, people. We're a, self, we're a self-funded government. The government <laughs> has run its own capitalist ventures. Celebratory finally finished my taxes walk in the cemetery at sundown. Hashtag death and taxes. Wait, is there a video that's attached to this? Because I need to watch this. There's no video <laughs> attached to it. What? Just some cute little goth girl talking about, hey, it's death and taxes, so I'm going to celebrate tax day by walking through a cemetery at night. That feeling when you are caught up with all the bills, but the tax return is spent. Frowny face, come on, state, pay us already. Hashtag death and taxes. It's so true. As soon as that federal tax return comes in, it, it's it's in and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. But that's also going to change right now because since they're doing the higher, the higher deduction, they've also changed the way that your employers are holding your taxes. Employers used to hold too much in taxes. That's why you would why have you a tax return. return. Yeah. And so the, now it's going to be, you should be closer to breaking even every year. So we're not going to have that huge spike in purchases in April when people are buying big ticket items like cars, new washers and dryers, doing new house, new home projects, because they're not going to have this big tax return. They're just going to actually have more money in their paycheck throughout the year. So people are going to have to learn how to budget differently. But I think I'd be okay with a little more in my pocket, like during the year. I agree. But some people have just, they, they plan on using true. that tax return, you this know? And so this is an adjustment for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a nice one to end it on. Nanny, learn anything exciting at school today? Nine-year-old, nothing. Why don't they teach us taxes and other important things? Great, I've got this education, but I spend all my money, you know? That's true. <laughs> yeah, they don't prepare us. To, no, you've been, really you've been advocating this entire this. episode. Yeah, it was like this huge <laughs> revelation in my adult life. 
I was like, what? This is now a thing, and nobody prepared me for this. Mm-hmm. I feel I was robbed. I, this is weird. <laughs> you were robbed. <laughs> At least everyone has this episode of Hashtag Life Goals. Maybe they'll be feeling a little bit more, you know, empowered to do their taxes this yeah. year. One can, can only hope, but I will have the optimism to say yes. Well, well that's <laughs> it for Hashtag Hunt. Yes. If you want to comment on any of the subjects that we are covering on Hashtag Life Goals, please send it to us at Life Goals Paw on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes, and we might be posting a couple picture ones from this episode. So oh, we be... definitely will. Oh, well, yeah. Some great, but... hilarious death and taxes memes out there. I'm very excited to see them later on. So, yeah. All righty. Okay, then it's time for the next and almost final segment, challenges. Oh, yes. boy. This is going to be a bit of a doozy because by the time that we've recorded this, it literally has been about three days since our last episode with uh, my professor regarding a career milestone. So everything's been a little bit squeezed in, yeah. Yeah, shall we say? We're recording this on a different day than usual mm-hmm. because we have some schedule conflicts that will be coming up in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So we've only really had two and a half days with our challenges, Yeah, which is, can we say challenging? <laughs> I think we can. I know, so enlightening, right? Challenging. okay so how about we say what we've paid off and i'll go first so my challenge from tim alban who is my lecture professor at ucla he challenged me to take the 20 pages i had written from the previous week and shorten it to 15 pages but on top of that watch two movies related to the genre i'm writing a good one and a bad one I only got one third of the challenges done. I have narrowed my pages from 20 to 15. Great job. It was surprisingly easy how after you print it out and look at the paper in front of you, like, oh, cross this. Oh, change that. It's so easy to edit. Always print out scripts. It makes a huge difference. Yes. No, totally. So I'm very thankful for that. Even when I made all the crosses, there was still about a page left that I had to deduct to. And so I was like, okay, fine. I kind of like this. I'll just take it out for now and see if I actually need it later on down the road. So I did that. But I didn't get a chance to watch the movie. So I think that's going to have to be my challenge and like to right. pay off is to watch those two movies a good and a bad one because mm-hmm. again we record again in about another four days yeah so we're just <laughs> going to continue what's left over from this challenge yeah. and pay it off okay so for me i owed you a movie because yes. i did not meet my challenge goal mm-hmm. so i owed you watching before sunrise i yes. did watch the movie yes and uh, i enjoyed it i Yay! think i enjoyed it i've known all about this trio of movies, the oh, yeah, Before yeah. Sunrise, Before mm-hmm. Sunset, Before Midnight. Midnight. I've been aware of them. I just hadn't seen them. Yeah. So I knew a lot about it going into it. Mm-hmm. And I did enjoy it, but I think I would have enjoyed it more if I had seen it in my teens or early 20s. That makes a lot of sense, yes. Because I, I think looking at their interaction now... Mm-hmm. I'm that jaded adult who's been around the block and been through major serious relationships Yeah, that it doesn't have the same amount of magic or wonder for me. So, um, but Makes I did sense. really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. What I did not pay off is I am supposed to read the screenplay of it. Yeah, I think that will be very interesting. I have for- a question for you offline about the screenplay. Okay, yeah. So, and I, of course, still want to pay off my goal of reading through my transcripts and my paper edit. 
mm-hmm. of my documentary. Yeah. Okay. So those are going to be the two things that I need to pay off when we meet again. Mm-hmm. So that, and then mine will be watching those movies related to my genre, a good one and a bad one. I already know what the good one is, which is the butterfly effect is yes. what I've been recommended. The bad one. I'm going to have to dive a little deeper and figure that out. Yeah. I might have to do mm. some Google searches. Yeah. So, sorry guys, no sorry. full payoff this week, but um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it just as much when we pay off the rest of it at the next episode. Mm-hmm. So, next episode is going to be hashtag goal resetting. Yes. Basically, after I've been doing this for a couple of months, we're going to be looking back at the goals that we had set in the very beginning of the year and see if what we've learned from trying to do these goals, if there's anything we want to change, anything we want to add, basically kind of redirect ourselves now yeah. that we've been check in the game in. a little bit. Time to check in and refocus. Like We've got to evaluate how we're doing on these and if these are really obtainable goals mm-hmm. or if we're just not pushing in the right direction we need to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we'll be, again, we will not have a special guest for goal resetting, but, you know. Sorry. We got to dive into that stuff that we set you up with at the beginning of the season. Maybe we'll bring Marcus on this time around. (laughs) (laughs) He can, he can sassily point out all the things that we've been too lazy to do. Exactly. Yes. Oh, he'll definitely do that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Nico, for piping in with all of your tax questions and experiences. No problem. It was a really helpful to have both of you here, and I think yeah, a little no. less stressful on Chelsea yeah. with her giant pile of tax. Prep yeah, with paperwork. all with, the, with everything that is. I think she right thought here. I was going to make her just like go page by page with her tax information. Yes. <laughs> I I would have been very scared if that were the case, because then we would have been here for hours. And we already know that her head is literally exploding from this topic. And basically, it's become I feel a pool. pieces falling. Out. It's become like a pool with little chunks here and there right now, just yeah. kind of like wanting well, to become a jacuzzi. Let's let's sprinkle on some glitter. Yeah. Yes. And ho- send you back out into the world. Hopefully yes. it's not as scary now, you know? No, it's not. It's not as much. Just um, it's definitely going to be tedious because, um, yeah, mm. it's going to take a while to dive in. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, yeah. You're going to feel so good after. No, know? definitely. Like, I just, I again, break even or will I owe money? That oh, is to be well, decided. Yeah. We'll pay off that next episode, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I hope all of you feel a little bit more empowered heading into this tax season. Mm -hmm. And we will be ready to share where we are in our goals next week on hashtag goal resetting. Mm -hmm. But until then, thank you for listening. Thank you. I'm Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is Hashtag Hashtag Life Goals. Goals. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye-bye.